Hello, and welcome to episode 6 of the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust podcast with me, Ian Pringle. And a special thanks to the robin that gave its song to that little intro. Um, I spliced it up a little bit. The robin does tend to leave slightly longer gaps in between its song, but um, it fitted better with the music supplied to us by Intarsia Folk, who are lovely. So, how are you? I hope you're okay. Um, spring is now upon us. Uh, I'm recording this on the 8th of April 2021 and uh, we're just coming out of lockdown. The third lockdown, hopefully the last one uh, in the UK. Lots of people have had their vaccinations for COVID and hopefully that means that we can all get out and start doing more things together. But one thing that's always been there the whole way through this lockdown is nature. And I'm going to read some articles to you from the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust magazine for spring 2021. This article was written by Tim Birch, Director of Nature's Recovery, and Nick Brown, Derby Cathedral Peregrine Project. The peregrine, the fastest bird on the planet. The fastest bird on the planet. That epithet neatly sums up the awe in which the peregrine falcon is held. So it's little wonder that its welfare receives such attention and inspires so many to follow its fortunes. Fortunes that have been very mixed. Peregrines were all but wiped out 60 years ago by the widespread agricultural use of persistent pesticides like DDT. In addition, these feisty falcons, along with other birds of prey, have always been targeted by gamekeepers, especially on moorland where grouse shooting prevails. No wonder, then, that the peregrines were virtually absent from the county for many years. Only in the 1970s did a few birds begin to return and breeding start to take place again. Peregrines usually nest on ledges on natural cliffs or rocky outcrops, but where there are suitable ledges in quarries, the birds will happily nest even though extraction works may be continuing not far away. Once suitable nest sites were again occupied, young peregrines began to adopt artificial structures like cathedrals, churches, power stations and even high-rise office blocks across the UK. Willington Power Station, south of Derby, had nesting peregrines for a number of years in the 1990s, but the most famous site for a nest was right in the heart of Derby City, on its cathedral tower, where a nest platform was installed in 2006. A pair has nested there every year since, apart from 2020. With a high level of productivity, 30 chicks have fledged successfully so far. The project is managed by the Trust in partnership with the Cathedral, the City Council and Cathedral Quarter. Thanks to webcams, images of this pair and their chicks have been beamed over the internet across the planet. Hits to the cams and to the project's blog have reached 4 million from over 70 countries. Unfortunately, the cameras have been down for a while, but we hope to be live again this year. 
Subsequently, a few other urban or industrial sites in the county now have nesting peregrines, but these are still outnumbered by pairs nesting on natural cliffs or in quarries. Although urban sites are generally less prone to disturbance, persecution continues elsewhere despite efforts to control it. Young UK-bred peregrines fetch a very high price in the Middle East where falconry and, more recently, falcon racing prevail. This encourages the theft of eggs and chicks from accessible nest sites, for example in quarries and on remote crags in the Peak District. Wild UK peregrines have developed a reputation for being amongst the fastest peregrines in the world, so they are much sought after, unfortunately. Similarly, and along with the persecution of other raptors such as goshawks, hen harriers, red kites and buzzards, peregrines are still being targeted by some gamekeepers. There are still areas within the uplands of the Peak District National Park where peregrines have continued to suffer from illegal persecution. This persecution is strongly linked to moorland where driven grouse shooting takes place. Derbyshire Wildlife Trust continues to work closely with other organisations such as the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, Derbyshire Police, the National Trust and the Peak District Raptor Groups to ensure a brighter future for our peregrines across the whole of Derbyshire. 2021 will see us stepping up our efforts with partners to protect our precious peregrines. We believe that everyone should have the opportunity to see these incredible birds wherever you are in Derbyshire. Working together, we can achieve this. But we need your help. If you go walking on moorland, especially where grouse shooting takes place, and see suspicious behaviour, see a bird shot or find a corpse or injured bird of prey, then here's what to do. Phone the police or 999 if there is wildlife crime taking place or 101 for a non-emergency call, giving details of your exact location. Make sure you keep yourself safe. Record what you have seen, take photos and record the date and times of what you have witnessed. If there is a nearby vehicle you suspect is linked to the crime, take down the registration number and pass it to the police. Do let Derbyshire Wildlife Trust know as well to ensure we are aware of the incident. You can also contact the RSPB's confidential Raptor Crime Hotline on 0300 999 0101. Do not touch a dead bird, just photograph it and note its location as carefully and accurately as possible, using GPS, grid references or landscape features. If you find an injured bird of prey miles from a road, then if you feel confident to catch it and take it to the vet or phone for help, this may be the best thing to do. Try not to touch the bird directly, but cover it with an item of clothing and carefully enclose it such that it can be carried off-site, e.g. in a rucksack. Similarly, if you suspect a poisoning incident and you find a dead bird, again, do not touch it, but take photos and contact the authorities I mentioned before as soon as possible. It's great to hear about our falcons and how popular they are across the world and also to hear what a comeback they, they've managed to make over the years. But it's also very saddening to hear that they're still experiencing this kind of persecution in 2021. And that might be something that you want to do something about. Maybe that makes you angry and it's something that you want to take action and do something about. So this this next article um, is exactly about that. It's about a individual taking some action about an area of wildlife and really making a difference. 
So we invited Alison Bryars to talk us through her Lock Lane campaign to highlight how a local community can be mobilised to take action for wildlife and make a big difference. Sawley, a small village tucked within the borough of Erewash in southeast Derbyshire, has been home for 47 years to Alison and her family. During that time, they have continued to protect and look after key spaces vital to the community of Sawley. During the 1970s, Sawley experienced a localised dust pollution and they soon discovered that Lock Lane Ash Tip was responsible. Alison's father, Ken, led a successful campaign to get the tip closed. Progress was slow, but the council eventually announced it was to instate public amenities on the disused site, including football pitches, a nine-hole golf course and cricket pitches, a nature reserve, a park and a picnic area. In addition to this, an area of that land was sold privately and in 1991 a private golf club opened. The nature reserve and meadow, Sawley's only wildflower meadow, were left to grow from strength to strength through the 90s, noughties and 2010s. Alison has visited the site daily, watching the wildlife thrive, nesting tawny owls, redwings, woodpeckers, field fare and even a family of badgers. In June 2019, things were about to threaten the nature reserve's oasis and tranquillity. One day, during her daily visit, Alison noticed some of the burrows and dens had been deliberately blocked and a rabbit and fox were found shot dead on the nature reserve. A local came forward and reported a gunman had been found on the golf course the day before with an instruction to get rid of the wildlife. In December 2019, Erewash Borough Council, EBC, shared details about areas of the borough and their suitability for housing. One of these sites, a greenbelt land north of Lock Lane, was included as being a preferred option for 318 large luxury homes as part of the local plan. It was the 27-hole golf course. This would seriously impact the health of the adjoining nature reserve. With news that Sawley's precious wildlife was under threat, Alison set out to rally the troops and began campaigning to save Sawley's green spaces from development. The Facebook group Save Lock Lane Nature Reserve was launched and within a week over 600 people joined. This support highlighted how important this small habitat was to its residents. The local parish council soon noticed the Facebook group and got in touch to support the campaign. They set up a change.org petition. The Derby Evening Telegraph also noticed the group and ran a story on the campaign. The campaign group organised information sessions for locals to come along and sign the petition and find out more about the proposal. They even went door-knocking around the streets. It quickly became apparent that hardly anyone had seen the announcement, as locals were devastated to hear the news. Alison compiled a report detailing the reasons why the land would be unsuitable for development and the report was taken to the local council's planning department. Alison invited them down to the nature reserve, showing them the on-site flora and fauna along with footage from her wildlife camera. In early 2020, the campaign gathered momentum in preparation for the public consultation event. Door-knocking and information sessions continued and a protest march was planned for the spring. Alison attended a mobilisation training session at the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust head office. One of the key activities was to get in touch with local councillors. 
So, armed with this new information, Alison collected councillor data from the EBC website, updated her report and sent a copy to each councillor. Many replied, some sympathetic, some neutral. Members of the group started to come forward with expertise and knowledge. Local historians shared stories about how the site used to be a boating lake and how there were some cottages and an orchard. Nature enthusiasts advised about an old flint mine. A natural historian shared an image showing how the original path of the River Trent was moved and how the ancient paleo channels are seriously close to the proposed development. Sharing memories and knowledge has shown to be a very effective way of mobilising people. Unfortunately, Covid hit and a national lockdown was announced, so all of the activities were placed on hold. This made it incredibly hard to access the services that were needed, such as the microfiche at the library and the surveys the group had planned were not possible before the planning consultancy period was due to end. This did not deter Alison and the campaign group, who continued to share information to support people in writing their objections to the plans. In July, the group had over 3,000 signatures and hundreds of objections had been sent to EBC. The decision regarding Lock Lane has been postponed again until after the local elections in May this year, but the social media campaign continues. The Facebook group has now got over 1,000 members. The group rallies around litter-picking, fixing, tidying and reporting sightings. The strength of the campaign is that people have many different reasons for objecting, but they came together. For some, like Alison, it's natural history. For others, it's infrastructure. For others still, it's traffic concerns. Not everyone agreed with each other, but it doesn't matter. They have one common goal, and they respect each other's personal fight. To join the group, see Facebook forward slash Save Lock Lane Nature Reserve. It's great to hear how Alison and others are making such a big difference to their local wildlife. Another way that people can make a difference to wildlife is through something called citizen science. Our living landscape officer, George Bird, has put this article together for you based on work done at Willington. What is citizen science? Carried out partly or solely by amateur scientists, citizen science is a great way to carry out scientific research. The support of these volunteers increases our capacity to carry out work and research, whilst in return we provide training and opportunities for the public to increase their understanding of and involvement in the science of wildlife. Unfortunately, we have found that even those living in close proximity to nature reserves and wild spaces can still feel disconnected from nature and their local landscapes. Therefore, we want to involve the community as much as possible with our project. Monitoring forms a major part of all the work that we do and our beaver reintroduction project highlights this. The careful study of the reserve pre- and post-beaver release will allow us to assess the impacts of beaver activity. To open up our project, we reached out to current members and volunteers, the local community and local interest groups in the hopes of generating a beaver volunteer team. Volunteers are vital to the functioning of the Trust. They allow us to continue to carry out our amazing work across Derbyshire and to support projects and campaigns across the UK. 
With a broad spectrum of skills, expertise, knowledge and experience, our volunteers take on a number of roles within every department at the Trust. Where are we now? We have generated a great deal of interest and support at Willington, which has enabled us to develop an amazing and growing volunteer base. The first steps of our monitoring plan was to map out the reserve in order to assess the current conditions. Whilst doing this on ground is common practice, we have taken a novel approach to this and have taken to the skies. We are fortunate enough to have drone pilots on our volunteer team. Utilising their expertise, we are mapping out the reserve, creating incredibly detailed images of the whole reserve. From these images, we can look at how the reserve is changing, from the extent of open water to habitat composition to vegetation structure. Once the beavers have settled in, we will be able to use these images to find beaver lodges and dams, so stay tuned. Feet back on the ground. We have a small team equipped with camera traps and enthusiasm working rain or shine. The camera traps are placed at strategic points on the reserve in order to capture the more secretive wildlife found in Willington. Take five cameras, each with over 30 videos, with some well into the mid-hundreds, and each lasting for 20 seconds. This adds up to a lot of work. However, reviewing footage of otter, watervole, and bittern make this very rewarding. Fixed-point photography is another tool for assessing habitat change. At key points on the reserve, our team of photographers have installed a series of posts, which allows 360-degree images to be captured monthly. As with the drone maps, these images can and will be compared to record any changes on the reserve. Next steps. We already have a great volunteer base, but this is just the beginning. We still have a lot more to do and are always looking for more help. Sifting through camera trap footage is very time-consuming and we are therefore developing a system for the public to view our footage online and record what they see. This will enable volunteers to sit down at home and check our camera footage for any exciting sightings. Andrea Ford, a local ecologist, reached out to us to offer her time and expertise to take the lead on invertebrate monitoring within the brooks found on reserve. As part of this, Andrea will be training a team of local wildlife enthusiasts, giving them the skills and knowledge to carry out sampling and data capture. This will enable us to assess any changes brought about through beaver activities in, on and next to the brooks. We still wanted to create a larger reach and to work with other organisations and therefore we contacted local and national interest groups including Butterfly Conservation, Derbyshire Bat Group and the British Dragonfly Society. The offer of support has been 100% positive, with all groups on board to lead on the monitoring of their interest groups. This year, we will be developing our monitoring protocols with all of the groups and setting up training days to enable even more people to get involved in our exciting project, from counting butterflies and dragonflies to pond dipping. All of this monitoring is going to be generating vast amounts of data, which will be collected via different groups and individuals, which could lead to headaches when processing data. We are fortunate to have amazing data analytics and Derbyshire Biological Records Centre officers, in addition to a team of tech-savvy volunteers who are creating a standardised method of data collection, storage and analysis. Listening to that article, maybe you're thinking about volunteering or getting involved. 
If you feel like you have any skills you'd like to offer to the Trust, or simply would like to get involved in the Beaver Project or any other aspect of the work that we do, please forward your interest to volunteering at derbyshirewt.co.uk. All necessary training can be provided. And I can attest to this because um, I have experience of recording podcasts and audiobooks, and I approached Derbyshire Wildlife Trust to see if they wanted to make this podcast, and they did. So, here we are. If you're not a member of the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust but like to hear more, then do sign up and you get the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust as part of that membership, um, as well as access to a lot of the hides in Derbyshire and regular information on volunteering and all of the brilliant things that Derbyshire Wildlife Trust do. So, do sign up for that if you can. And if you do like this podcast, then please do click the like button or whatever it is on the particular podcast platform that you're using. Um, and if you're not using a platform, but you're listening to this via maybe the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust website, then please do just share it if you're on social networks or tell other people about it if you think it's good. Um, um, because then more people can hear about Derbyshire Wildlife Trust's wonderful work and all the nature in Derbyshire. Thanks very much for listening, and here's this Robin to sing you out again. Goodbye.